good day. My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. So today we're talking about a super important topic, and that is flop textures for bluff c-betting. So I'm going to help you analyze flops using Flopzilla Pro to figure out which are the best for bluffing. And as we all know, most of our c-bets are bluffs, right? So the strategies I'm going to give you here will really help you make more money on the felt. And be sure to go to the show notes page for a special podcast bonus today. You can get my free copy of the spreadsheet that you're about to hear me talk about. And this spreadsheet is going to help you analyze your opponent's calling ranges and how they interact with 11 different flop textures, like the one up, two uh, two up, one down board, ace, queen, four rainbow, the chicken board, 10, 10, five, and maybe that middle mono card board, nine, eight, seven, all spades, right? Now, this kind of analysis, it's going to help you find and pull the trigger on more profitable bluff c-betting opportunities. So go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod442 right now. Fill out your email. Get this spreadsheet for free. Okay, without further ado, let's do this gambate. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> Stings the nostrils in a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so let me get your thoughts on something. Pop quiz, hot shot. When are Seabet Bluffs most successful? Go ahead and pause the pod and answer this for yourself right now. I'll wait. Hmm, nice. I agree with most of that, but here are my thoughts. I've got three instances where your C-bet bluffs are more successful. When they fear what you may have, when they're out of position, and when they have nothing on this board. So that first one right there, when they fear what you may have. Well, indications of this are like their stats and their tendencies. So if they fold a lot to C-bets, or if they just fold in general, that's great for your C-bet bluffs. You want to look at their stats and realize what type of player they are. Nits and tags fold a lot. Fish and lags, not so much. Another indication that they might fear what you have is when the board hits your opening range. When you open, you've got lots of aces, kings, and queens in your range, right? Not to mention big pocket pairs, of course, and a lot of those broadways. If the board comes all big cards, this likely hit you squarely in the chops. So if they've got nothing, they're folding. The second aspect that really makes bluffs or c-bet bluffs profitable or successful are when they're out of position, when your opponents are out of position. Player tendencies like folding more in general when out of position is something you want to look for. So look at those stats and break them down by out of position and in position play. If you don't have this in your pop-ups, add it like now. Fold to c-bet or fold to bet is good, but seeing the differences in their rate of folding out of position versus in position is so much more valuable. You want to bluff players who fold a lot when out of position. And admittedly, I am one of those players who just folds way too often when out of position. It's something I'm working on, trust me. And if you already have the smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, you can find these positional fold to C bet stats by street within the fold to C bet pop up. Now, if you don't have the smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4 yet, what are you waiting for? 
It's a no-brainer HUD that's going to help you exploit all of your opponents. Go to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud to pick it up. And the third aspect to a successful bluff c-bets is when your opponent has nothing on this board. So the wider their preflop calling ranges are, the less likely they hit the board with any real strength. But you've got to watch out, because wide calling ranges, they're indicative of stickiness, so these players won't readily fold with any pair, as long as they think you might have not hit that flop at all. And of course, your c-bet bluffs work very well when their calling range doesn't interact with the board. Understanding range and board interaction is critical in deciding whether or not to c-bet bluff. Beyond your opponent's approach to post-flop play and their stats, this is super important. So that's what we'll spend the rest of this podcast discussing. So the overall theme of this podcast is that board texture matters. The first thing you do before you see bet is you need to consider how the cards on the board hit your opponent's preflop calling range. Coordinated boards, or wet boards, they're bad to see bet bluff at in general. But why is this? Well, let's think about why our opponent called preflop in the first place. They clearly did not want to 3-bet for value or as a bluff. They called because they want to see the flop, right? Are they calling with 9-deuce offsuit or jack-4 offsuit or even pocket aces? Probably not. They're calling with the same types of hands you call with, you know, suited connectors, suited aces and kings, broadways, and small to medium pocket pairs. If this is what they're calling, our bluff c-bets will have a better chance of working on board textures that do not hit these types of hands. So for a quick example, just to illustrate this point here, our opponent's calling range consists of small to medium pocket pairs and suited connectors, and you can see a screenshot of this small 6% calling range in the show notes. Which board is better to see bet bluff on? An ace-nine-deuce rainbow board? Or the six-seven-eight two-tone board? Yep, you're right, the ace-nine-deuce rainbow. Most of their pocket pairs are below the nine, so they're less likely to call. The best draws they can have are 3 to the straight or 3 to the flush, making it less likely they'll stick around to draw out. And, maybe they could have a set of 9s or deuces, but the other 6 pocket pairs in their range did not flop a set. And, if we're in position, all the more reason for them to be check folding here. And that other board, 6-7-8 two-tone, the range flops a ton of pair plus draw hands, gut shots, sets even, and two pair kind of hands. So remember... They ain't folding here, so we ain't bluffing. The bottom line here is that you want to c-bet bluff on boards that do not hit your opponent's calling ranges. So I mentioned it at the beginning, but I've got a special spreadsheet set up for you to download from the show notes page. The spreadsheet is broken down into four tables, and I've got a screenshot of the first table filled out and in the show notes for you to see. I'll try to describe it here for everyone only listening right now, for all of you people walking your dogs or at the gym, you know. So this table shows you how often a 5% calling range quote-unquote hits 11 different flops. And by hits, I'm talking about how often the range flops top pair or better and an open-ended straight draw or better. It also shows you how often the range flops just a top pair or better, middle pair or better, an open-ended straight draw, or just a flush draw. The reason why we want to look at these individual hand strengths is because these are the ones our opponents are more likely to stay in the pot with. Knowing these individual ones helps to further our understanding of how well the range hits the board. 
So first off, the 5% range I used is pocket deuces through queens, and I know it's a very tight range, but some of your more nitty opponents do call this narrow. The rest of the spreadsheet contains ranges for 13%, 22%, and 33% 2-bit calling ranges. And now for the boards. There are 11 distinct and common board types with a with an example of each on the spreadsheet. There's a high-end dry board, for example, ace-nine-deuce rainbow. Low-end wet, a 7-5-4 two-toned board. Another one, the middle board, 10-9-8 rainbow. A middle wet board, jack-9-8 two-tone. A middle mono board, 6-7-8 all of one suit. Uh, there's a two-up and one-down board, for example, ace-queen-four. There's a one-up, two-down board, which is king-six-four. There's a super wet board, queen-jack-nine, monotone. There's the chicken board, of course, uh, which is any paired board, but the example is king-king-five. There's the Broadway board, ace-queen-jack-rainbow, and, of course, a baby board, deuce-three-five-rainbow. The goal with filling out and using this sheet is to get a good idea of how different 2-bet calling ranges hit these various boards. I completed this table using Flopzilla, which is the best software available to help understand ranges and board interaction. Alrighty, let's look at that very first board. Our opponent has a tiny 5% calling range on a high and dry ace-nine-deuce rainbow. We see that this range only hits at 10%. Remember, we classify hits as top pair or better and open in a straight draw or better. Well, on an ace-high board, the only things that can hit at top pair or better are sets. And in this instance, it's namely just the pocket nines and the pocket deuces. It can't flop open in a straight draws or even gut shot draws. And being a rainbow board and a pocket pair filled range, it can't even flop flush draws. So this is a great board to see bet bluff because they hardly ever hit anything good. But this table also breaks it down a little bit more by the types of hands this range can flop. For just top pair or better, it's only 10%, and middle pairs flop 40% of the time. And that makes sense as it has three pairs below the ace and above the nine, you know, the queens, the jacks, and the tens. It also flops an open and a straight draw 0% of the time, and flush draws at 0% as well. All of this tells us that c-bet bluffing on ace high and dry boards should be very profitable against such a small range. Now let's look at a totally different range, the low and wet board. This one was the 754 two-tone, which means there are two of one suit and one of another, like two spades, one heart. This 5% range hits the board at 90% of the time. That makes sense because it's got lots of overpairs, three different sets it can hit, as well as an open end a straight draw when there's pocket sixes. This board is super dangerous to see bet bluff at against a tiny 5% range. And if we break this down even further, it hits top pair or better 68% of the time, middle pair or better 80% of the time, and open in a straight draw only 11% of the time, and a flush draw never. So this range flops mostly made hands and only one good draw, making it a really tough time to successfully bluff at. So you can see the value of doing this type of range on board analysis with Flopzilla. I just told you how one range hits two different boards. There are nine more boards already done for you in the screenshots for today. The rest of the spreadsheet, which you can download, is your homework. Sure, I could give it to you, but you're going to learn so much more by doing this work yourselves. Trust me on this.
And once you're done with the spreadsheet, print it and laminate it for use while you're playing at your tables. At home, of course, you know. Or I guess you can put it in Evernote and, and access it as you're playing live. But uh, your win rate will thank you for this. So everything I've been talking about until now has been about CBET bluffing. But what if you've got a value hand and you want to extract the maximum value from your opponent? You've got pocket aces and want to bet. Maybe you flopped a set and want max value. Or you flopped a flush and want them to pay you off. Great. Just flip the script on everything I just talked about. If it's likely your opponent hit something, then bet. If they're going to raise a lot of your c-bets on this board, then bet. If they're going to call with all of their draws and mediocre hands, then bet. If they're unbelieving and call 90% of flops, then bet. But... If the board is bad, or if they fold a ton, don't bet. Possibly let them catch something worth staying in with on the turn. You want to get value after all, and that is so much easier when your opponent hit the board, or if they're just a calling station. Use your knowledge of their calling range, as well as their post-flop stats, to get a good idea of whether or not they'll pay you off. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. I've already talked about it. Go to the show notes, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod442 right now. Fill out your email. Get this spreadsheet for free. Then open up Flopzilla and get to work completing the three remaining tables. Save, print, and use this spreadsheet to crush your preflop callers in every future session. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Now, get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. Alrighty, once again, go to the show notes page to get your free bonus spreadsheet today. Smartpokerstudy.com slash pod442. And if you like what you learned in this podcast, you have to become a member of thepokerforge.com right now. It's my one-of-a-kind online poker microstakes cash game training site where i combine strategy action steps quizzes and play demonstrations like no other site does there are nine masterclass courses that will teach you all the strategies you need for a profitable journey through the microstakes along with hundreds of useful action steps go to thepokerforge.com right now for more information and to join once again thepokerforge.com And until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.